Hey, everybody, welcome in to The Wrap. Tom Mazaway and friends on NRM Streamcast. It's the Hump Day edition. We're right in the middle of the week trying to get over this disgusting weather that is uh, putting everybody in uh, not-so-good moods. I know that. I can even see it on my kids. I could, even though they had a snow day yesterday, you just don't feel it. At this time of the year, this not should be. it should not be the ice age out there. Anyway, a lot to talk about today. We'll have Lynn Henning from the Detroit News joining us. He's always got some great insight on all of these topics we're going to talk about right now. We're going to tell you about our friends in the studio today. Nick David to my right. What's up, brother? How are you, sir? Doing good, man. Welcome in. Thank you so much for having me. And as always, our producer, Ethan Perlman, the stat man, is in the house. Former Tiger Bat Boy. Yeah, it's going great. You know, I'm actually (laughs) glad we're uh, not having any more snow right now. Well, yeah, right now. Right right now. But it's literally like the ice age out there. It's like single digits overnight. I'll take the cold as long as there's no snow. I know, but we got to get rid of the snow first, True. then it could be cold. I okay. mean, you see the leaves on top of the snow. It doesn't look right right yeah, now. I it mean, looks terrible yeah. out there. I'll mm-hmm. see y'all in April. Yeah, yeah. if we could. Hunger down I wish, tight. I wish I could get the hell out of, out of town for a, for a couple of months, but <laughs> yeah. it's not the way it works in my life. Anyway, got some great stuff to talk about today. Uh, Mike Fires, the former Tiger and former Astro. He's flapping his gums all of a sudden. He said, the Astros are experts at stealing signs. And this has been going on forever in baseball. We have baseball mainly on our air. We just saw, had the live show yesterday, Jess Monticello. We talked about, talked about that in the back at the bullpen. And he was like, man, that's just the way it happens. But the way the Astros are doing it is... Kind of cool, and Ethan, what do you got for me on on the Astros? How are they how are they doing all of this stuff? I mean, they got, they got a camera out in center field. Yeah, yeah. My my whole thing is I'm fine with sign stealing as long as you do it the right way. Using a camera, using a scope, as we'll talk about from the past. Yeah, from the fifties, Leo DeRocher and that, the Giants. That that's the wrong way. The right way is having the baseball smarts to be able to see what players and coaches are doing on the field and say, okay, I know what they're doing here. Here's what the, here's what the play or the pitch is, and relaying that to my player. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike Fire said, this is how it works with the Astros. I wish I had the tape, the video, to show you, but mm-hmm. it's, on, it's out there. You can look at it. And one, there's a guy on Twitter that actually breaks it down frame by frame, and it was against the White Sox at one time. Danny Farquhar is on the hill mm-hmm. for Chicago. And uh, I forgot who was in the batter's box uh, for the Astros. It was that big DH guy that they, they used to be oh, on the team. Um, what was his name? Well, anyway, he's in Evan there. Gattis? Yeah, it was yeah, Evan Gaddis. So here's the scoop. When uh, Farquhar was ready to throw a fastball, there was no noise from the dugout at all. Mm-hmm. So the guy knew it was not going to be a changeup. It was not going to be a curve. It's not going to be any of that. It's going to be straight fastball. could be up, could be down, mm-hmm. could be outside. Yep. But... When the pitcher was ready to throw a changeup, you would hear like someone hitting a garbage can twice in the dugout. And that would relay to Gaddis at the plate, a changeup's coming. Be ready. And, you know, the guy's a big lumbering guy. He's ready to hit one out. It didn't work out that way. But the third time it happened during this at bat, Farquhar just stopped his motion and screamed for uh, the catcher to come out. And mm-hmm. you could. Hear him say, they're stealing our effing signs. We got to change them. We got to change it. And Mike Fires is saying, yes, this is how they do it. They have a camera in center field, and it radios to something in the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And in the tunnel, they know what's coming, and then they hit the garbage can twice for a changeup. 
And a lot of stuff, they've been denying it for years. And a lot of teams have been saying the Astros are way ahead here. They've been stealing signs. But it's been happening since mm-hmm. forever. And yeah. you go back to the 50s, and I know I had you re- reading up on this story, Yeah, Nick. 1951. Leo DeRocher and the Giants. You know, as much as we have as you know changed uh you know in technology yeah. culturally since 1951 the way they steal in science hasn't really changed 1951 herman <laughs> franks good old herman franks yeah. the giants manager um used a military field scope huh. in center field yeah radio back to the uh to the dugout the, yes the dugout so basically franks relayed the stolen signs uh using a buzzer system between the clubhouse huh? and a nearby bullpen to back up catcher sal vars who then tipped off the giants yeah uh mm-hmm. hitters. Uh, so a, simple you know as simple as the buzzers or uh you know yeah, yeah hitting the garbage it's unbelievable can. So a lot more is going to happen on this because the Astros have not denied it. Now mm-hmm. they're saying we're going to we're looking into this. Our organization is looking into this. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. Well, and and one big thing with this kind of a story is it's it's something that the players even teach. If you know who's hitting behind you, you and them make up a, a kind of a signal that if I'm at, if I'm standing at second base and I can see the signs or see how the pitcher's holding the ball, mm-hmm. you know if it's a fastball, I may just dip my head straight down so that Nick knows it's a fastball. Uh, one of the guys who would always come back to um, you know to our uh, early practices in the season at Bowling Green, who plays in the majors and played in the minors for years. He'd tell us how he would relay signs to his teammates. I mean, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's really it's cool. It's been a part of the game for years. It's yeah. not going to go away. And it's if you're a smart player and you can see this stuff, it's only going to benefit your team. And I don't consider that cheating. No, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah. That's great. I, I talked to uh, Mark Spindler on my way in, my good buddy from the Detroit Lions. Him and Chris Spielman would always have all these sayings going on. Spins like, if you ain't cheating, you're not trying. Here's a good one from him. Win if you can, lose if you must, never give in, and always cheat. <laughs> that is from the, out of the mouth from, of an NFL player that's played a long time in the league. And... Uh, like I said, uh, I don't have really have a problem with it. I don't. I think it's gamemanship. Gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing it like the way they're doing it now, I don't know yeah. if, if if that should be it. Like, I, I mean, with the with the camera, like you, I have an issue. Yeah. If it's the players or managers seeing it and relaying it to their own players, I have no problem. With I have that. no problem with yeah. that either. But if they have a camera set up like in center field and it's you know a part of the stadium, well, that yeah. just sends a, the wrong every, message. But I the feel thing like is, you know every what I mean? stadium has it. Right. That that's the thing. Comerica Park has yeah. it. Yeah. Now are the Tigers using it to relay signs? Probably well, not. There might be some, well, not look at the way they hit. <laughs> exactly. But there might be someone. Yeah. There, there've been words that there've been people in the in the stands with binoculars and all of that. Yeah. I mean, you could plant somebody anywhere. I mean, I, I will admit, when I was at Bowling Green, and we were in the field, I'd always be watching their base runners to yeah. see if they were relaying signs and their times that there were. And I went down to the dugout and I said, "We got to change up our signs." Yeah. yeah. They're relaying. That's just part of the one. game. We it had is. we had one guy hit two home runs. Back to, we had two guys at home runs back to back. I'm like, they both knew it was a fastball because he had a guy standing at second. Yep. Give, telling him it was a fastball. Now, we were talking to Jess Monticello in the back. He's our uh, COO here yep. at New Radio, at uh, NRM Streamcast, mm-hmm. and he plays baseball. And in, I don't know, is it an over 50 league? Uh, I think he plays in an over 15 and over 60. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, he's a ball player. Yeah, he's a ball mm-hmm. player. 
And he says, it's simple. The way you steal a sign is, if they figure a sign out, yep. he's going to he's be first base coach, let's say. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, all right, come on, Nick, let's go. So if he calls you by your first name, you know it's a fastball. He says, all right, David, uh, hello, we can really do it here, David. You know it's a changeup because mm-hmm. he calls you by your last name. So yeah. there's simple ways of doing it. And I don't know, it's just gamesmanship. But we'll yeah. talk to Lynn Henning about it. I want to get his opinion on mm-hmm. it. He's a big baseball uh, big baseball guru. Let's talk about the college football rankings. They came out yesterday. Last week was the first one out. And, of course, uh, the top team was Ohio State, obviously. LSU knocks off Alabama and Tuscaloosa. They jump to the number one spot, and right and rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so. I of mean, course. four top ten wins. LSU's schedule this year has been out of, yeah. outrageous. So and LSU, Ohio State, yep. Clemson, who destroyed NC State. I thought NC State was going to give them a run. I, I think My man Mike Olway. They're going to have more of a challenge this week with Wake Forest. Yeah, seven and two. You got you got a, you got a much stronger offense going up against. Uh, against uh, Wake Clemson Forest. this week. Yeah. So oh, Clemson yeah. moves up to, Georgia moves up to, and they jump over Alabama. So the dogs in the number four spot. And, and they have Fromm. a t- tough matchup against Auburn this week. Yeah, it should be good. And uh, that followed by Alabama, Oregon, Utah. Here it comes. Minnesota drops into the number mm-hmm. eight spot. Penn State below them. Of course, they knocked off the Nittany Lions. And Oklahoma. We'll come back to this in just a minute, but I want to bring our guest on. It's Lynn Henning from the Detroit News. What's up, Mr. H? Great to have you on. Big day, big week. <laughs> a lot going on. I admire you guys for being able to resist uh, Ambassador Taylor's testimony here to talk a little sports. Uh, of I course. I admire that. <laughs> hey, I'm all sports, Mr. H. I stay out of that stuff, man. Come on now. Uh, but you know, yeah, this I don't. Is... Maybe 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 that's my problem. I think I think you got to get back into sports. I got to get you out of that stuff. It's it's making your blood pressure go up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true, man. Yeah. That is absolutely. You don't need this. You're retired for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. This thing called citizenship sort of goes with your cradle to grave. I hear you, man. <laughs> hey, let's talk uh, politics and baseball. All right. Let's talk about sure. teams stealing signs. And we hear about ex-Tiger Mike Fires and also an ex-Astro pitcher talking about Houston and the words out on Houston. I mean, they do a lot yeah. of unconventional stuff, but it turns out they had a camera in center field, relay it to the dugout, then they're banging on a, on a can if it was a banging twice if it was a, a change up, blah, blah, blah. What, what, what's your take on this? I hate to say that the Astros have really kind of slid from the organization that everybody wants to be to the organization no one wants to be because uh, of their secret society and really. Uh, I think subterranean ways, man, uh, and, and this has gotten bad. Uh, not only, of course, because it evidences itself in ways like stealing signs in playoff games, but also, of course, because of what happened with the front office and the Taubman firing and the denigration oh, God, of the yeah. Sports Illustrated writer. And this is really getting to be the more that the focus is on the Astros and the way they do business. Uh, it's getting to be uh, not only alarming, it's uh, turning into uh, a, a disgust. And uh, I, I think that's perilous for for the Astros. Uh, now they can continue to win a lot of baseball games. But at, at some point, uh, this catches up with you uh, in terms of relationships with other clubs, in terms of how the rest of baseball views you. And that's a lot of toxic disposition to deal with and they're really inviting that uh and and i find this uh surprising because like a lot of people i just so admired what they were doing but 
in the last 30 days, we have sort of seen the key unlock the door here into their inner chambers, and it isn't pretty. It's oppressive. Uh, they're really tough on staff to a point of, I think, uh, doing borderline criminal things with their staff. Wow. Uh, and, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad, bad, bad scene down there. And sure, there are a lot of bright people and a lot of good people, but too many of them are getting uh, bulldozed right. uh, because of the uh, kingdom and the power there that exists within the Lunau uh, culture. Well, what can baseball do to them now? Now that they have all this information, all the stuff that unfolded before the World Series, uh, you know, and and the words uh, over the years. I mean, this is a team that actually dumped. I think they could be one of the first teams that actually dumped games to get all these picks and to move up. They they were ahead of the curve there. You got to say that's the new the new way of sports right now is to dump and and to add on. And now you have all this other stuff. Added on. So what, know, what can Matt, they do? I agree with you on the on, on the tank thing. Okay. Uh, I think I think you got to look at, at at what they've done here uh, in in recent days and months and and in the recent years, particularly. And at that point, I think MLB, if their investigation confirms all of this stuff that fires and everyone has at least alluded to, uh, they need to be docked some draft picks. Wow. And that's the the best way to hurt them and to make them pay. For uh, really this uh, nefarious stuff that they're doing here that uh, turns competitive integrity on its ear. Oh, and Ethan here. Um, we, we had a similar issue uh, not too long ago with, I believe, the Boston Red Sox with uh, using the Apple Watch. Or was it, I forget if it was the Red Sox or the Yankees at that time. No, not the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox, okay. okay. Um, uh, for reports of them using Apple Watches to communicate during the game in the dugout. There was really no no penalty put down. Uh, I understand the the severity of what you know the Astros may have done, and there are people calling for the Astros World Series to be vacated. I, I would like to kind of get your opinion reason. on that. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's extreme, Ethan. Uh, and you, you also have to, I think, draw a line here between mischief and malice. And uh, there, there is a line there. Uh, some of this stuff is in the spirit of, yes, it's stealing signs, for instance, from the dugout that a third base coach is flashing to a hitter. That's, in fact, been uh, Always something that, that baseball yep. has held, in fact, to be a, a sacred bit of espionage. And uh, I, I think you, you can't legislate that out. But when you get into technology and into... Uh, preconceived and premeditated means for doing all this stuff, and it really violates not only the law but um, but the letter. I, I think then you have to, uh, in the spirit of of these particular uh, offenses, I think you have to really make them pay for their for their indiscretions, and that's where I think uh, that baseball right now is investigating them to see just how deeply entrenched and how sophisticated this stuff was. And uh, to the degree to which it violates something like a playoff game, um, I, I think there's got to be some penalties there. Gotcha. Lynn, Nick David here. How are you, sir? Good, Nick. Good. Uh, so with, with all of this, what do you see the MLB doing? Is it like taking the center field cameras out? What, 
you know, moves can they take to, you know, not take this. away, or, yeah, not yeah. take away from the game, but to, I don't know, maybe clean up the streets a little bit? What do you see, you know, on a day to day kind of um, changing? They've got to put some teeth into the penalties. Okay. And that's yeah. where I'm talking about, I think, uh, hitting them where it most hurts. And that would be coughing up a draft pick or two. And again, uh, everybody's got the center field camera, but what are you doing with it? Yeah. If you're putting together, again, a, a sophisticated bit of subterfuge here uh, that's going to benefit your team and hurt the other, well, you have flipped competitive integrity on its ear. And there should be consequences for that. And again, I think the loss of a draft pick uh, it hits them where it hurts. Hey, I want to stick with baseball again, move off this, because uh, there's so much to talk about. Manager of the Year yesterday announced in the American League and National League. Did you agree with Rocco Baldelli? Well, I mean, I'm a Kevin, yeah, I thought I Kevin was Cash bad. was great. I mean, Kevin Cash really was, would, would have been my pick. I have a problem, Maz, honestly, with uh, Manager of the Year. Uh, I, I don't think the manager influences things that much. Okay. I think it's players. And that's not to say managers don't count and don't matter. They absolutely do. Uh, you can certainly legitimize uh, the, the look of a manager with a team and his influence. But uh, I don't think uh, it, it comes down to much more than players, really, uh, during the sure. course of 162 games. And for that reason, uh, I've never been a big fan of that award. I can give you an example. Was Sparky Anderson a great manager? Oh, yeah. I think in the eyes of most people, yes. Did he lose 100 games? Yes. <laughs> well, did he do a bad job that year? Did, did he do a worse job that year than he had done when they won the world championships? No. What changed? His players did. Right. And, and for me, it's just um, a, a, a really distorted award. I think there's sentiment involved, and I think the recognition of managers and what they do bring to the game is certainly appropriate, but it's way and large past the point that they really affect matters in my mind. All right. Well, Rocco Baldelli of Minnesota did a great job. He got a manager yeah. of the year. And Mike Schilt, who never played a baseball game, first guy to never do that, he wins it in the National I League. Gotta, I, I got to disagree with that one so heavily, though. I mean, I like Mike Schilt, but I disagree with what the results were in this. Scenario. You want a Craig Council, obviously. I, I think out of the three, t out of these three managers, Craig Council had the least amount to work with, and he oversucceeded in a season where Milwaukee was kind of expected to take two steps back. Right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll take that, and we're not going to ask Mr. H on that because he already hates right. manager of the year. So we're going <laughs> to move on. I can tell you this, guys. I, I would want to be the manager. Let's say in the coming years of the Chicago White Sox. Now, I don't know who that manager is, is going to end up uh, being. He's going to bring back Ozzie Guillen, right? Oh. <laughs> it, it'll change. But that's going to be a good team to manage for the one yes. reason. They're going to be, become very, very, very good. Uh, now, is that going to be, again, uh, this unnamed manager's influence? Or is that going to be about a team right. that is young and talented and will soon reach gestation? That's where I think uh, gotcha. this thing gets a, a little bit di di distorted. All right, so I'll give you, I'll give you another mm -hmm. award tonight. You know, Cy Young goes out tonight. I know you have an opinion on this. American League, wow. Verlander, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton. <laughs> yeah, you know, guys, <laughs> I think uh, 
a Hall of Fame pitcher who's had a Hall of Fame season is a tough guy to go against. Agreed. And um, and Verlander probably should have won uh, a couple one year. Yeah, he, he definitely. He should have and, three uh, right now. Yeah, I I agree, gentlemen. I, I do for that reason. Uh, it's hard for me to to not view him as being first. I'm with you. National League: Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom of the Mets, Hunjay Ryu of the Dodgers. Uh, Max Scherzer again sounds like a homer call. I know that's okay, but that's okay too because again you got a Hall of Fame pitcher here who had a Hall of Fame year. Yep, and, and, uh, and he displayed it again in game. Now these awards are uh, decreed uh, before the playoffs. Correct, mm-hmm. proper because yeah. otherwise Max is going to win that thing right away because of mm-hmm. what he did in Game Seven. But um, it, 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 it just for me, gentlemen, when you have Hall of Fame athletes who've had Hall of Fame seasons for winning teams, uh, it's very hard for me to overlook those guys as being worthy of those awards. I'm with you. And tomorrow's the MVP, Alex Bregman of Houston, Marcus Simeon, who had a hell of a year for Oakland, Mike Trout of the Angels, he's going to be announced. I mean, he can win it every year. Who do you, who do you like in the AL there? I'm going with Bregman. Me too. Um, you know, it, 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 it again, Mass, it, 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 it's not it's a, a crap shot. I mean, yeah, it's and it's not a knock against Trout, who, no. if he weren't playing on the West Coast, would be certainly uh, even more of a favorite each year than he is uh, typically for these awards. But I think Bregman on a team that won 100-plus games, what he did is too tough, tough for me to overlook. Agreed. And National League, Cody Bellinger. Anthony Rendon, who had an unbelievable postseason, and Christian Yelich, who, of course, got hurt at the end of the season for Milwaukee. Yeah, I found that Yelich's uh, injury was just uh, one of the real sadnesses to this past year when there weren't many sadnesses. But uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Bellinger, but I'm I'm going with uh, (laughs) Yelich on that. I am as well. Good pick. Now I want to talk about the Tigers. They did some new hires and promotions in their operations. And there's been a lot of, uh, you know, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Doug Mankiewicz being let go in Toledo. And uh, they did a lot here. Lance Parrish, I guess this is the biggest name of all of them. He was manager in the Tigers player development system for the last six years. And now he goes into special assistant to the executive vice president, baseball operations, and general manager. So... There's the big wheel is uh, back in back in action. It's an excellent call because uh, in all of the years that we've covered this team as, uh, there have been few guys I would classify as statesmen. Lance Parrish is one. He not only was impeccable in terms of his skills and, and his uh, competitive juices, but uh, as a gentleman, as a thoughtful man of integrity, uh, you're not going to beat Lance Parrish. Uh, and this may have well uh, right have been his niche uh, all along, as opposed to even having been a manager. Right. Uh, I'm not certain that this wouldn't have been the place that his skills would have been best utilized. But it's an appropriate call at, at the right time, and it uh, paves the way for Brian Pena, who's really done a nice job and uh, whom they like a lot. Yeah to move into that West Michigan job, and he's going to be a big hit there. So I find this to be a win-win for uh, all concerned. Wonderful. Lynn Henning joins us from the Detroit News. He's recently retired after, I think, almost 40 years. But, you know, he's still doing his writing, still doing his stuff, but he's getting out of town here. He doesn't have to see this uh, 
the snow that we got. Uh, we're in the ice age again, Mr. H. We're in the ice I age. I know, man. As I keep hearing, I'm I'm down here. On I the, know. Uh, yeah, I don't have to rub it into it. No, you don't. I know where you are. I also wrote about Spartan <laughs> seasons, a couple of books about that. I wanted to talk to you about Michigan and Michigan State and where we've sure. gone. Uh, I mean, Michigan State has obviously fallen off the rails after owning the state for the past 10 years, I would say. But what happened there with Mark D'Antonio and, and, and everything? I can tell you, Maz, what happened. Every coaching tenure, particularly in football, it's its expiration date. And uh, it happened for Mark D'Antonio, not coincidentally, as he got into his 60s. Uh, that is not to denigrate him or his efforts or his uh, professional excellence, but it's to say that either energy begins to wane or you get too protective of your staffers or the recruiting drive isn't perhaps uh, as, as high B to you as it used to be. And uh, I think uh, at, at that point, Maz, uh, you've got to be extremely objective and less defensive and reflexively protective of the coach and simply say, this isn't going to get better. And it is not going to get better in East Lansing. Uh, I hate to see a man of his dignity and character and past achievements sullied uh, as this thing goes south. But it is not going to get better. And if Michigan State is incapable of looking at this thing objectively, if Mark D'Antonio is incapable, perhaps, in probing himself to his deepest recesses, and not seeing that this thing isn't going to get better, then I think Michigan State will be extremely upset with itself a year from now when things have further tattered. Uh, I, it, it's a tough call, but you get through it this way. He's a stubborn man. And that $4.3 million bonus that he has coming in January, effective the end of this season. You, at that point, provide a little cushion for his assistant coaches, and uh, you get on with the business of hiring a new football coach. And uh, Michigan State would probably be hard-pressed to do better than by going back to its old well, University of Cincinnati, and hiring Luke Fickle or uh, getting Campbell out of Iowa State. Uh, those guys are really equipped for one reason. They're young. They're, they've already achieved on the head coaching side, and they know particularly the recruiting turf within the 300-mile radius of Lansing, East Lansing. Yeah. There's your guy. There's your guy in either case. But Michigan State is going to have a tougher year ahead, uh, and it will affect them in all phases, not only because competitively things are going to continue to diminish. They lose their quarterback. They lose their defense. They have a tough schedule next year. But also because... Their season ticket base is about ready in, in half the cases to, to simply say no more. They've seen this for too long now. Mark's uh, 500 in his last 48 or 49 games. And uh, that isn't going to cut it. And it's not, as I said, uh, Maz, it's not going to turn north suddenly within this next year. It's probably going to get fundamentally worse. Do you think a Pat Narduzzi would be a guy? How about a Pat no. Shermer from the Giants? No, no, no. The, the worst thing you can do is, it, it, Pat Narduzzi's 54 years old. Right. Now, this doesn't sound like 10 years is, is, is all that short of a time. It is. It is. In coaching. 
In 10 it years, in life, you're going to be turning around and having to hire again. It doesn't work. And it's not necessary. You get a guy, again, like Fickle, who knows Ohio, which is where you've got to have your roots in, in terms of recruiting, who, who's shown at Cincinnati what he's capable of doing as a head coach. But the same criteria that they used in hiring D'Antonio 13 years ago, with one right. exception, D'Antonio had been in East Lansing for a while and, and knew a little bit about the culture there. But a guy like Fickle makes sense. Uh, Campbell at, at Iowa State would really be good, too. Uh, but they've got no shortage of good, young, recruiting-savvy coaches they can hire and have turned that place into a long-term success. Tom Izzo, though, how did he do it when he took over? He changed recruiting. You've got to recruit first. This isn't about schemes or schematics or approaches or your offensive coordinator. It's about players. And until you're recruiting better than they are now recruiting and have been recruiting in recent years, you're not going to fix it, and you're not going to fix it with the existing staff. Good stuff, Mr. H. I want to continue. Uh, if you want to hear, read more about the good old days, make sure you reach out and get Spartan Seasons. Uh, you got two books out on that, and you can get that out on Amazon. Very easy to grab that. Lynn Henning uh, from the Detroit News joining us. I'm going to throw one couple in your wheelhouse, in your political wheelhouse now. Sure. You ready? Yeah. The Colin Kaepernick Dog and Pony Show is yep. uh, about to be uh, unleashed again. This Saturday in Atlanta, he will be doing a workout, and the NFL commissioner has put out a memo. If you want to come out and, and watch Colin Kaepernick work out, come on out. Kaepernick's like, I'm ready to go. I've been in shape and ready for three years. I can't wait to see the head coaches and GMs on Saturday. What's your take on this whole Kaepernick item for the last three years? Nice of them to give him a whole four days of, of notice on this. Seriously. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's absurd. Uh, it, 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 it makes a mockery of what already was a mockery. All you have to do, gentlemen, and you've done it as well as myself, look at the ragtag motley group of quarterbacks that have been signed since Colin Kaepernick was driven from the league. Look at their stats versus his. Look at 72 touchdowns and 12,000 yards, and 60% completion rates, and tell me, tell me why Colin Kaepernick has been on the sidelines why everybody except Bozo the Clown has been hired by other NFL teams here the last three years. Bozo just passed away, by the way, a week ago. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. Yeah, well, <laughs> so did a lot of these teams' chances. No kidding. Go for Kaepernick. <laughs> um, so he was sitting there idly and uh, blackballed, and uh, shame on the NFL. Yes, seriously. I'm going to really quickly read something for us real quick. This is yesterday. <clears throat> Adam Schefter reported the NFL didn't inform Kaepernick's reps on, of Saturday's workout in Atlanta until this morning. Kaepernick's reps asked for a workout to be on Tuesday, the day of most workouts, but the NFL mm -hmm. said it had to be this Saturday. <laughs> he asked for a later Saturday. NFL said no. Colin Kaepernick's reps asked the NFL for a list of personnel executives and coaches who would be attending the workouts. They are hoping and expecting the NFL to submit the list of personnel executives and coaches that will attend Saturday. They just legitimately hate this guy. Unreal. They couldn't be more shameful or disgraceful uh, if they tried. And, and uh, transparent. Tried hard. Yeah, or, or, or obvious, exactly. You, Horrible. You couldn't be more overt with, with this, this charade, this discriminatory charade 
uh, if again uh, you you exercise more effort than they do, and uh, that that's impossible. Before I let you go, I've got to get you Don, some Don Cherry here. I know you've been around <laughs> in in the area. I mean, when I moved here in 1993 in Michigan. I was like, wow, I get to see Hockey Night in Canada now? I mean, I've heard about this all, you know, all growing up. Yep. Wow, I get to watch Don Cherry now. And guess what? I've watched him for the past 26 years. I'll just flip. You know, if I'm watching Doc Emmerich, who is my guy, I love him, I'll yeah. flip over to CBC after the period just so mm-hmm. I can see Don Cherry. And now, right. he, you know, he's 85. We all talk out of turn sometimes. But I don't think he said that much bad. Th- I don't think he said anything bad. I really don't. Oh, he, 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 mess. he, he he's, he's a, a king xenophobe, and, and, it, and, it, and it came out uh, Saturday night. And Ron McLean should have jumped down his throat. Uh, well, that, you know that wasn't going to happen. He's like Ernie Johnson of TB, well, TBS. Well, that, that's true, but all the more reason why, look, if you continue to allow – uh, this kind of essentially white nationalist uh, disposition to be aired, particularly in a in a country as eclectic as Canada, to its eternal nobility, uh, you get what's coming your way, and they got it, and unfortunately, Don did too. Eighty-five years old, you know. Sometimes you're yeah. gonna you're gonna say some mm-hmm. stuff that you don't that you shouldn't say. Well, he's been saying that though. For I know. 26 years, years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's so why we tune him in. Nothing new here. But that and what he's just, wearing. He just put one tootsie over the line here that he had uh, somewhat observed before, and it was destined to happen, and it did. Yeah, and he wasn't apologetic about it at all. Monday, he's no. uh, doubled down. Quote: "I meant it." You know, he was not no, shying away from what he was saying. Well, the minute you go from that particular. Uh, perch on on hockey night in Canada to Tucker Carlson show. You know that there was a legitimate reason for you being dismissed. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was trouble. I mean, who told him to go on that show? By the way. Well, as I said, man, <laughs> that's part and parcel of who Grapes has always been, and um, uh, you know, it just simply came out uh, a little bit more clearly than it had before. But uh, it's a shame because he's a fixture. You hate to see stuff right. like that end the way it did. It did. I mean, back in our day, remember Howard Cosell? You know, he had a slip of the tongue. He meant nothing by what he was talking about Alvin Garrett. You remember? I remember the game. I remember well, watching right, the game. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I realize that probably everybody's got an indiscretion. In Howard's case, it was uh, very much confined uh, to, to one phrase. And that went against Howard's defense, for instance, let's say, of Muhammad Ali Correct. during the years that he, he had been exiled by by boxing. And, right. and so Howard's record for inclusivity was very much established. No doubt. As opposed to Don Cherry, who's, as I said, just sort of led the league in, in uh, white supremacy here. <laughs> and and it's, it's been abundantly clear. Remember Jimmy the Greek as well? Oh, gosh. Well, of course, horrific. I mean, yeah, that was outright uh, subjugation of races, what he was talking about. Uh, and, um, and and again, that took about an eighth of a second. It did. Uh, and that was before him. social media. <laughs> that was, was before phones. I was just going to say that. I was yes. just going to say yeah. that. Yes. Hey, thanks for coming on, Mr. H. We appreciate thanks it. Thanks so much, Lynn. Okay, Nick and Ethan and Maz, enjoyed the conversation as always. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Lynn Henning, go back to your sunshine. Lynn Henning from the Detroit <laughs> News and Spartan Stories. Uh, always great to catch up with him. And he's got some, he's got some, you know, he didn't, he didn't dig uh, 
He didn't dig the Don Cherry stuff. So he's a yeah. little opposite from us, but he comes from a different part. You know, this that's a different opinion. He's got the you know, it's fifty fifty almost down down mm-hmm. the middle on the on this thing. Yep. What's your take on it, Ethan? You're a young I, guy. I mean you haven't been around watching Don Cherry for all these years. Did what he said bother you? No, but I mean, yes and no. But I, I'm actually surprised he got fired. I have a feeling if this was something that happened at a station like ESPN or something like that, I can understand them firing people because they've fired people for less. Yeah. Much less, yeah. Um, but this is the CBC. But, this is Canada's station. Yeah, I know. But and, owned by the Rogers people yep. that own the Rogers Center mm-hmm. and they own the cable. Yep. I mean, they are. They're like uh, Xfinity yeah. here. And I, and I will admit, I am a little surprised that they did fire him with him being such a staple and him being around for so long for this if it was a slip of the tongue, you know, I mean, yes, he doubled down and he did say, you know, I meant what I said. Yeah. I have no regrets. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they fired him. But at the same time, with the day and age we live in, it's not as big of a surprise as it would have been. No, I'm in zero, zero shock that he was uh, fired. You just probably was going to happen you, sooner or later. Right? Well, I mean, him being 85, <laughs> yeah. you know, doesn't yeah. help. But. You just can't say anything today without repercussions. Yeah. You just can't. I so. worry about uh I don't worry about it, but I'm when I watch college game day and I see Lee Corso and oh, they God. go to him. Now listen, he, he doesn't he, he can't do what he's supposed he can't do what he used to do anymore. He just can't. I mean he's reading the papers. You see uh Kirk Herbstreet. He's just like Ner- carry- oh, he's I know. so nervous he for is. I I'm so nervous when Lee yeah. Corso talks. Yep. And he's not gonna say anything outlandish. But it's just, it's bad. Yeah. And it's, you know, sometimes it's just time to step away a little bit. I mean, Don Cherry, I thought, was a, was a lot sharper than Lee Corso mm. is at this almost same age. Yeah. So but Lee I, Corso should just be left to the end, and he should just put the the logo head on. At that's the end. it. Just go to it. Yeah. All right, we go to one Lee. One simple cut to yeah. him, and that's then it. that's it. No he has words. his own little yeah. area. Right. And do but, more with the bear that's picking mm-hmm. all these games. That's yeah. a good segment. And you got to yeah. do less with Lee. I love Lee Corso. Mm-hmm. I love old old people. I'm an old guy. I'm old. Yeah. I like old people. But he's like 105. It's he's, time to he's go. He's like 80 I mean, going yeah. on 105. Right. The, the only thing with Lee Corso, and something you see on occasion more and more recently, is he isn't saying much. No. He's either yeah. just agreeing with what's been said, right. or at the very end when they're doing the the picks, the picks. he'll make a comment or two. But because he's, he's reading it, yeah. he's like, oh, and he's missing a line. And when I like Kirk, you know, always grabbing his like yeah. arm and you're like, okay, you're gonna get through this. Let's yes. keep going. I know. Yeah. It's like you know, it's, it's pain, like a it's son. almost painful. It's yeah. like a, it's like a grandson and a grandfather. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. It's oh. just scary. No, and it I, is. I like the show. Don't get me wrong. It's a yeah. great show. Phenomenal show. I want to tell you about the Michigan Sneaker Exchange. Our good friends Juan Neal, Jake Schreier, and Julian Evans means of labels and logos. They just put a show out last night. From Loose Cannon Flagship as well. They're going to be hosting the Michigan Sneaker Exchange at the TCF Center. That's Kobo on December 7th. Vendors from around the state will be in attendance swapping sneakers and showing off the latest trends in fashion. December 7th is coming up. Noon to 6. $20 at the door or online at the TCF Center for Formerly Kobo Center. For tickets and tables, visit MichiganSneakerExchange.com. Exchange is with an X. So uh, Very that brings you up to date there. And uh, Now, the Monday night game, which is, uh, we go back a couple of days here. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal game. The 49ers coming in unbeaten, hosting the Seattle Seahawks. And the spread was six and a half. I remember saying, you'll never get the Seattle Seahawks plus six and a half again. So I kind of had a hunch that Vegas kind of knew something. San Fran was going to blow their doors off. Well, they get up to a 10-0 lead. 
And then Seattle kind of turned it on. Their defense, led by... Javadion Clowney. Wow. Javadion is a Jadavion freak. It was his coming out party because he hasn't been that good, that, that good in a long time. And a lot of his former Houston Texan uh, teammates were, were tweeting out. Yep. Deshaun Watson was mm-hmm. tweeting out. Uh, who else? Was the wide receiver. De- uh, Hopkins. Hopkins. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. Yeah, he's yeah. like, wow. You know, but what yep. a game. Seattle comes back and they win it on a last second field goal. With in overtime, mm-hmm. so they went sixty minutes plus another ten. They went seventy minutes to win this game, and and they won this game with a field goal after San Francisco's you know kicker rookie, of the week, rookie ki- rookie kicker of the week is what we're going to call him. Uh, when I believe he went, what was it three for three or four yeah. for four during he the, got him into during the, the into regular overtime. time, and yeah. then in overtime he gets well that he hit the initial one, yeah, and then Kyle Shannon iced him. No, and no, then, no, no. He missed was... the original one too. Oh, he did. He miss missed both. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it didn't help that he that was missed a while both. overtime. Yeah. It that was. poor kid. Yeah. So nonetheless, poor but kid. In overtime, what did you hear? Did you hear what I heard when they were so, doing the coin flip? Geno Smith in his southern draw. <laughs> it was more like a a tails heads. So the referee hybrid. asks the Seattle Seahawks yep. that it was Geno Smith, and he's like Ted's. So it's. It was a T that you hear in the initial, but he said heads. So it was like a heads. And what did the ref say? Heads. Heads. And he flipped the coin. And he flipped the coin. Uh-huh. But really, didn't he call tails? Again, Maybe. he didn't come out and say anything. <laughs> if they would have lost, he it might have been a different issue. Yeah. Now, but he comes out, and, and he didn't say a single word like, oh, you know, I, I clearly said heads. Yeah. No, you didn't clearly say anything, first of yeah. all, because I've watched the clip like 50 times. You don't say anything, really. I mean, maybe in his better judgment, he was going to say tails, and then as it's coming out of his right. mouth, his mind saying, say heads. heads, say heads. Little, little, anyway, back to seizure. <laughs> you know, you, you get a chance. Each team gets the ball unless you score a touchdown. Yeah. So it, it didn't matter in the long run, but I remember being at the Silverdome for the original flubbed coin flip. On Thanksgiving Day between the Steelers and the Lions, and they flubbed that, and the Lions went down and they won the game. Remember that one? I'll never. Well, no, he's I, too I young. I'm too, I'll yeah. definitely never forget. Jerome <laughs> Bettis was like, no, like immediately yeah, though. Yeah. Geno Atkins or Geno Smith, none of that was said. Right. So it doesn't I matter. think it's more of a controversy that people are making. It's not anything. It is what it is. All and, right. and I wonder, no offense, I always wonder how they pick these guys to go out for the coin toss because if I'm the coach. I want my my starter going out there and making the call. I don't yeah, that are the most. <laughs> well, he was on the sideline relaxing. He was relaxing. You know, he's trying to get ready for the yeah, overtime. That's yeah. right. One of your captains, I guess. Geno Smith couldn't even make it. I don't, can't believe he's still collecting a paycheck. Yeah, he, he is. sure is. Thursday night football coming up: the Steelers and the Browns. The Browns on national yeah. TV again. Cleveland's favored by three. I hope the Steelers wallop them. Mason Rudolph is playing really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, surprisingly, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster's not playing well, but they have those. Uh, younger um, receivers, Washington, you know, coming up. Yeah, um, you know, they are playing good. They're man. playing yeah. really good. I take my hat off to Mike Tomlin for keeping Absolutely. this together. Absolutely, yeah. there was talks of him getting, you know, yeah, leaving to go to Washington. Jobs. This could be yeah. one of his best yeah. coaching. Jobs. Hands down. I, I, I do want to say though, you know, the Cleveland Browns are coming in hot. They got to win their last game. Yeah. Did you watch any of that football oh, oh, game? I know it was terrible. Eight plays it on was, the one yard line. It was terrible. I couldn't I believe know. anything that that's I was watching. Their, that's been yeah. their mantra the whole season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, I don't that's know. Not his fault for not getting I, I, over. Yes, but it's his fault for calling those plays. Well, it's his I offensive mean, coordinator, but yeah, I don't know who. No, I, he's calling those plays. Yeah. Is he? He's I, calling I, those yeah. plays. And I don't know who I place blame on, but. 
these Cleveland Browns don't seem to have an attitude like they did last year. Right. When it was, okay, people don't give us any respect. We're going to show we belong. That's they bring Odell in. They I mean, blew their own horn this year. I mean, yeah. this year, yeah, yeah you, come, you come in as yep. your division favorites, possible Super Bowl aspirations, and now you think everything's going to be given to you. And you've learned that you're going to be put on your ass every time that happens. They well, did have the third hardest schedule up to this point, and then they have it gets easier. Uh, now. They have a much easier road ahead. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe they you know, make a, a little swing. But I mean, but that's not Baker. Baker, Baker is just not you, even remotely doing what he did last year. Yeah. No. I mean, he looks awful. And I'm sorry, but when you beat Denver by three points, when you probably should have legitimately beat that defense down to a pulp yeah. with the talent you have. I, I can't I I can't have any you know uh, aspirations for you right now. They have played too many close games or lost games big to teams that last year. If they brought the intensity, the the grit this year, mm-hmm. these games wouldn't be close. No, I they agree. They would not be close. But bringing Kareem Hunt in with the beast that is Nick Chubb, I think that's going to really well, help Nick them a still lot. Went over hundred yards. Uh, he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know. We'll see. That is just a, a big question mark still in my mind. That's Thursday. We yeah. go to Sunday. Lions host the Dallas Cowboys. I'll be there. Dallas two and a half point favorites. You going to that? I mean, one? I'm going to that one. You taking me? I'm taking my father. Okay, that's better. I don't blame you. <laughs> Some good father-son time. Yes, you need it. You definitely need it. Yes. So, here we go. It's, it's the Lions. They're on the skids. They lose to the Bears last week. They make Mitch Trubisky look like a real quarterback last week. And yep. Makes me so sad. Matthew Stafford. We, we don't know if he's going to play. You know he wants to play. Mm-hmm. Should he play? I'm no, he shouldn't. First, no, he shouldn't. And you know how I feel about him. And I, and I do think he, he is an awesome quarterback. He is. And, but mm-hmm. he... Cannot play. His he's in so much pain. I read a few articles yesterday. Like he wanted to play Sunday, of but course. you have fractures in your back, sir. Yeah, yeah. you know since like, last year. Since last mm-hmm. year, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got to. Uh, and they're not protecting well, him. You know, yeah. and they're not protecting him. Yeah. No, I say I say sit him for sure. And Driscoll didn't look too bad. I, I, I think the Lions will sit him. I have more of an issue with you know the fact that when we played Kansas City. He said he was not healthy enough to play, but he did play because the team wanted him to play. Yeah. Last Sunday, he said he was good enough to play, and they didn't want to play him. If I'm the Lions, if my quarterback at any point in the year says, I'm not good enough to play, I'm not healthy, you sit him. Right. I, I just really wonder, if we sat him that game against Kansas City, yeah, we ended up losing, and yeah, we probably would have lost if he doesn't start, but... I want him for the and I want him for the end run. I want him for that stretch of those final eight games. Yeah, we may lose him for these last you know remaining games of the year. Okay, but see, this is where I'm going to stop you here okay. because we need to just and again, I don't want to say that we need to tank because I don't, but I do not want to go. Let's say, you know, three of three and five get up to that eleventh mm-hmm. pick again. That's well, what you know what I mean? Be. That's what's going to happen because we're going to we're going to probably get to Green Bay I mean, or right now we are BS wins. right now we're actually sitting at that 11th pick with 3 wins. Right. We are tied with I believe 5 other teams with 3 wins. We Come on, we can do it. Even if even if you go 3 and 5, you probably end up in the top 10 this year and that's because of how bad a lot of teams are. Listen. I want him to lose out. I hate to say that, and Thank I want you. a qu- and I want a quarterback. I'm who, right there. Which quarterback trust. do you want? What? I'll take I'll take any of the top four quarterbacks. My man, so, I'll take Jake, I'll take I'll take Jake Fromm from Georgia. All right, yeah. I, I just want a quarterback. I mean, if, I'm I'm right there with you. You know how I if feel. If you have to trade up and get another pick in the first round to get a quarterback, 
go do get it. it. This is the year you have to get a quarterback. Or, yep. or next year. Gonna... I mean, next no, year is you're not a waiting big next year. year. With... Well, no, I'm saying talent-wise. You got a lot of talent of quarterbacks this year. You also got a lot coming out next year. There are a is lot Trevor of Trevor Lawrence going to be he'll Tre- be available Trevor Lawrence will be available next, no, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is available next year. Oh, he is. Yep. He's a uh, sophomore. So, oh, yeah. So, so, so yeah. Is, there we go. Yeah. So is Josh Field or Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. So will be Jacob Eason out of uh, Washington. Washington, yeah. And there are a few and other Burrows. and and no, oh, Burrows he's going to go this year. He's going to come this year. Yeah. Um, and then there's a. Uh, I got to come back to it, who it is. But you got four or five quarterbacks next year who are probably going to be just as good as the five coming out this year. All right. I still want my quarterback. Yep, okay. we got to look to the future. Yeah. We have uh, I to. Mean, this, if, if this year don't tell you, Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford's got broken bones yeah. in his back. If this if this year doesn't tell you, get somebody in here right. and let him train at mm-hmm. least under yeah. Stafford. And maybe another Georgia guy. You, you lucked out with, with Stafford. Why not go get Jake Fromm? I, I liked him. This year he's having a down I, year. I've liked I, him I like too. him. I like him, too. I, I, think he's, I think he's really strong. But... And he might be the last of the quarterbacks taken, is what I'm saying. You might be able to yeah. get him late first round. Well, I'm, th- I'm thinking, depending on where the Lions finish up, you may have a shot at Justin Herbert, who I think is the gem of quarterbacks in this draft. You want to go there again? Be- because, um... Isn't he Oregon? Yeah. You want Joey Harrington? Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> in, in my opinion, I look at Justin <laughs> Herbert, and I see more of a, more of a kind of a Drew Brees slash... Uh, so little Matt, and white. I don't want any. I don't Matt, want any part Matt, of it. Ryan kind of vibe. He's got the i the football yeah, IQ smarts. more of Drew Brees, but he's got the ability of a Matt Ryan, and he's a, he's a different built kind of a quarterback than we're seeing a, a lot of these days. I and, want Justin Fields. I mean, I, I would I do, honestly uh, wait a year for him. Yeah, I think he's going to be will, a special player. Because he's one of the few quarterbacks, and this is when Michigan plays Ohio State. It's going to be a much different game this year because. Uh, this is the first year in a long time Ohio State's going to have a quarterback who is a true dual threat. Yep. Wow. JT Barrett was not a dual threat. JT Barrett was a running quarterback. Right. Uh, Justin Fields can beat you with a 60-yard bomb with his arm How or a 60-yard rush with his feet. Yeah. How did Georgia yeah. let him get away? Loyalty. Nick uh, Fromm. Yeah. <laughs> and that kid wasn't going to sit and wait another year. No. He's too good. He's a Heisman front runner. Yeah, exactly. Honest. He's really, really special. All right, let's chat. Uh, let's thank our good friend, Mr. Matt. Been serving Metro Detroit's floor mat needs for over 50 years. So let your business slip and fall to save you with them before winter hits. It's already here, folks. Just look outside. They also offer logo mats, office and restroom cleaning, window cleaning, mops, towels, anything your business can use. It's Mr. Matt. Call them at 800 344 0095 or email my buddy Joe at joe at mrmattrental.com. That's joe at mrmat rental. Dot com. Uh, we talked earlier about the rankings, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon. Uh, are you guys good with those five? Those, I totally am. Those four. I'm, I'm good with where the top six rank right now, but as we kind of talked about the last show, I think if Clemson loses one game, they're done. They're not going to end up in the top four. Alabama still has that shot, and I think it all depends on what happens in that title game for the SEC. I still think Oregon is the best Power 5 conference that still has a shot of getting their conference champion in, because I believe if LSU wins the SEC, Ohio State wins the Big Ten, you can see Alabama and Oregon rounding out the top four. Listen, I I got just a quick thought here on the Big Ten. Let's say Ohio State wins out and Mm -hmm. they lose to Michigan. Well, then they wouldn't have won out. Right. Well, they win up to Michigan. Okay. Okay. And then Minnesota runs the table. 
Okay, so they do they get in? Do they get in the top four? They've already made a jump of nine spots. They're unbeaten. Baylor's unbeaten, and Baylor's at thirteen. I think it's gonna be a big thing if we're saying Big Ten title game, Minnesota beating Ohio State. Minnesota's going to have to show it convincingly. No, but way. I mean, but but I don't I don't agree with that at all. I mean, they are obviously loving the Big Ten this year. We yeah. just had you know two in the top four mm-hmm. yeah. first week of it. Uh, Minnesota wins out. Baylor has got you know, a triple overtime win, a double overtime win. They almost I think lost to New Mexico State. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor's kind of yeah. not trash, but they're not right. they're not going anywhere. Uh, I think one hundred percent you you have to put Minnesota in if they win out. So. Here's where I disagree, <laughs> and it's it's for one main reason. Yeah, we, we said they had two Big Ten teams in from the start. They did that from a publicity standpoint. Plain and Pushing simple. away from the SEC for P- a minute. Plain and simple, that's what they did it for, because they were probably hoping that <laughs> you know when, when Ohio State plays Penn State, it would be a top-four matchup, that you know it would make Ohio State's resume look a lot better yeah. if Ohio State won. Same with LSU and Alabama being so closely ranked. Well... Um, we got a long way to go yet. Yeah. All right, so we'll just chill. But good opinions, fellas. How about a little <laughs> college basketball last night? Did you hear Ooh. what happened to Kentucky? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Evansville. Evansville. 67. Number one, Kentucky. 64. It is not a movie. This was real <laughs> life. And it's just a great storyline. <laughs> and, and it was at Kentucky. Yeah. Evansville, wow. Evansville won 11 games last year. What did they pay him? 90 grand, I think, to come over? Or 900 uh, grand to come up to play him? I'm not sure. Nine, 90 I'm grand not sure. sounds more that, yeah. realistic, actually, than I, nine grand. You got to look that up. Let's okay. look that up. But what a game. No, absolutely incredible. Walter McCarty, head coach of Evansville, won a title under Patino, 95 96, for the Wildcats. Um, absolutely an incredible story. It's the third largest upset, uh, tied for the third largest upset in the past 15 years. Um, you know, I I think it's a fantastic story. I mean, Kentucky's like every year, incredibly young. They made some serious eleven turnovers in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they were not playing uh, well at all. Calipari was all over them. But um, you know, it snapped a fifty-two game win streak versus unranked opponents at home for yep. Kentucky. I mean, it was just a bad night. I mean, it can happen. Yeah, of course, it can absolutely happen. And if it's gonna happen to you, yeah, let it happen at this time of the year. Right. Yeah. Because you'll forget about it by by the time March rolls around. I mean, I don't know if anybody's gonna forget about this one, but yeah. I mean, it's a great, Evansville was uh, that just shows you what a great story like the mm-hmm. the '64 field is, the '66 or the '68, yeah. whatever the hell it's, it is. Uh, yeah, you know, you get that. Anyone can win. Anybody can win. Yeah. That's why I love college. That's why I want college football to go beyond. Top four. No, we're gonna. Yeah, it's no, got to be at eight. least eight. Like, at least eight. Yeah, like, right uh, I mean, uh, from Yahoo Sports, Dan yeah. Wetzel told us last mm-hmm. week. It's got to go to at least well, eight, and, and it will. And soon. you know, it's interesting. A lot of sports, their championship is either a sixty-four or a thirty-two based, you know, tournament. Why not make football an eight or sixteen? You know, cut a few weeks out of the regular season, make it a little bit more competitive. Cut Kentucky, some bowl games out. Kentucky yeah. paid. Uh, ninety thousand dollars. Ninety grand. So they paid play. ninety grand to lose. Yeah. Supposedly. Never thought that was going to happen. Isn't that I something? Mean... <laughs> now, if this was football, that would be nine hundred grand. No, for sure. That would because be... it's less games, and yeah. that's what those, these teams are supposed to come in and, mm-hmm. and take a beating. We pay you to take a beating. Right. I, I wonder how Soften much the Michigan blow a po- paid Appalachian State that yeah, year. To... Probably close oh. to a million. Probably yeah. close to a million. Yeah. Opening, that was, opening, that, that's opening the best day, money yeah. Appalachian State How about ever, ever won. How about this? The best debut for the Big Ten Network. That was the first game ever oh. on the Big Ten Network. And I remember oh I was doing the games for Michigan at the time. And I'm in the studio. 
I can't watch the game because we don't have the Big Ten Network yet. Oh, so I had to listen just to Frank Beckman and Jim Branstadter's mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. of the game and comment on it. I didn't get to watch that game. Wow. Well, it was depressing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was really it was, depressing. But it was an amazing game. No, it I mean, was. Amazing. Nobody, I mean, again, that's like an Evansville beating Kentucky. You just don't. <laughs> I know. I think that's a think little bit that's gonna, No, that probably is a little bit yeah. Well, no, I mean... No, hey, let's be Evansville's honest. a Division One team. <laughs> Appalachian State was what division? There were yeah. No, I'm saying the Appalachian State thing was much bigger. Oh, than it was. Evansville. Yes, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And right. Appalachian State right now is actually ranked number, number 25. 25 nice. Yeah, in the uh, college football playoff poll. Hey, before we leave, we gotta at least take our hats off to the Red Wings. They come back and beat the Ducks in overtime, four to three. They are on a current three-game win streak. Woo-hoo. They play at the Kings <laughs> tomorrow night at ten. The Wings are streaking now. They've been a streaky team. Win two. Lose, lose eight. Nine, lose eight. <laughs> lose nine out of ten. Win three yeah. in a row. So uh, they're back on the winning ledger. Pistons, mm. they lost at home to the Timberwolves, 120-114. And then yesterday they lose at Miami, 117-108. Just not a good night for any of them. Luke Kennard, 22. But uh, they play at the Hornets uh, next coming up. When is that game? Uh, that's tonight, I that's believe. That's tonight, 7 yeah. p.m. Yeah. Well, We're at four and eight. You're my NBA you know, guy. I, what's, your, what's your take on the Pistons as we sit? Blake they coming get, back. They just got Blake coming back, and they're yep. sitting at four and eight. Is you know, it, season it debut wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Derrick Rose day to day. Tony Snell day to day. I mean, we're just so run of the mill. It's just, it is what it is. Hey. I'm over it already. Sorry, man. Twelve games in. Really, you quitting already? No, I'm just kidding. You could be a Golden State Warrior fan. Oh, <laughs> what? They're legitimately gonna probably win 35 games. And the, and the Lakers are doing what I didn't want them to do. They are playing really, really well. Yeah, they sure are. Did you hear LeBron the... get in trouble yesterday for Taco Tuesday because he did it in a Mexican accent? Did you guys hear that? Oh, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. This, I, we you are just soft. can't say anything. We are soft. Uh, welcome soft to the uh, updated sports world. Keep your mouth yeah. shut. Just shut. Hashtag up. me too. Hey, <laughs> thanks a lot to our guys here that take care of us. Kelsey, Stephen, Angel, Cole on the phones. Thank you to Nick David and my man. Thank uh, you, Maz. My man, Ethan Perlman. Appreciate it, guys. We'll Thank see you, you Friday on The Wrap. Darren McCarty will be in the house again. Plenty to talk about. Have a great rest of your sports week. See you guys. See ya.